1: Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas.
2: Woo-hoo! Welcome. I am so glad you just tuned in with us today. Today we have an amazing uh, show ahead of us. We have this phenomenal man that we will be... uh interviewing today. Our guest is Sean Fredrickson from Freedom Revival. He's currently uh, on the radio uh, at 96.1, and so it's exciting that he's here today. He is a total patriot but loves the Lord wholeheartedly. And without further ado, um, Sean, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself before I ask you any questions?
3: Yeah. Well, first off, thank you so much, Adam, for, for bringing me on. What a joy to be spending this time with you. Um, all right. So like backstory with me is uh, born and raised in San Diego. I, I moved out of state at a young age. I ended up traveling the world um, after I graduated college. met my wife on the – it was actually a missions trip. I traveled the world for a year. I was uh, 20, 21 when I left on that trip. And, you know, it's amazing to me how much a, a year where you're seeking after the Lord and seeking after an opportunity to make change, how it you attempting to change something else can change you. And so I come back. Uh, I met my wife, like I said, on that trip. I asked her to marry me. We got married quickly. And, and soon we began to realize, like, who are we in this world? Like, what influence are we going to have how do we begin to to make change? And uh, we've got three kids, and now here I am in San Diego, really attempting to, um, to encourage the church to get engaged in politics. You know, there's been a lot of uh, misconceptions about what the church is allowed to do. I think the church has done a lot of self-censorship, and they've muzzled themselves too much out of fear of losing their tax exempt status. And so a number of churches around San Diego have, have allowed much of the 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 darkness and these evil ideologies into their pews because they're they're afraid of what would happen if they call it out. So you you just can't talk about some of these dark things and I'm, I'm encouraging the church to speak up for the truth.
2: That's awesome. Here, let me ask you some uh questions. Uh so did you grow up in a in a Christian home? Because you said you were Uh, actually a missionary, and that's how you met your wife. So did you grow up in a Christian home?
3: Yes and no. And I I think all of us Christians, we're we're aware that there's, you know, those who say they're Christian, and then there's those who act like Christians. And my dad was uh, one of those in-betweeners. Like, he would talk about Christianity, but he wasn't really sure how to live it out. And so he would say it was a Christian home, but looking back as a father now, I realize like we didn't read Scripture together. We would go to church, but we wouldn't talk about what was learned. We wouldn't talk about the aptical, like the the applied applied uh, lifestyle of a Christ. And so he would probably, but I don't know, not myself. No, I say. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: when did you actually? Because you know we go through a lot of stuff when we're young and parties and yeah. and you're a man, yes. women yes, and you sure. know just the whole wild lifestyle. Yeah. When did you personally encounter Jesus and why?
3: Yeah, I was 19 when when I encountered the presence of the Lord for the first time and I and I know I was 19 because uh, before that like I said I was going to church as a kid. I was I was uh, I would say every Sunday, Wednesdays I remember going to like youth group Wednesday evenings and I remember there were these moments where I would go and do drugs, I would go and have sex with a lot of girls, and there wasn't a whole lot of guilt and shame. I knew I did something wrong, but there wasn't this like uh, like longing to, to be closer to, like, you know, where I didn't feel, I guess, uh, remorseful for the actions that I was making up until I was 19 where a buddy calls me up and he says, hey man, um, I, I just had this encounter with the Holy Spirit. I, 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 I just got saved. And I was so enthusiastic because the buddy I'm talking to is a guy I used to party in high school with. He was a guy that uh, we ran in these really rough circles together. And for him to say that for me, I was like, dude, I'm excited. Like, tell me more about it. So he t- the more he tells me, the more I want it. So I end up flying out to Texas because I went to high school in Texas. Um, I flew out to Texas where he is. We go to this this church together, and the two of us are, are like, in, uh, in this meeting with this pastor, and he's talking about all this amazing stuff. And in that moment, I realized, like, I don't know who Jesus is. Like, I've been in church all these years, but I had no idea who Jesus was. And so I gave my life to Christ uh, right then and there, and I decided I'm going to live my life uh, as best as I can, in the footprints of Jesus.
2: That's pretty powerful. So, a question: Yeah, can anybody come to Jesus? Come on, anybody. Do you have to be a good person to come to Jesus? No,
3: it's probably better if you're not. <laughs> look at look at Peter. <laughs> Amen Paul. to that. You know, these guys were all radicals, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. who, who's your favorite biblical guy? Oh man, uh, Joseph, maybe. You know, I I was just reading, God, his, his story like shakes me up reading about the hardship that he went through, and the difficulty that he went through, and then to imagine what it would have been like to see his 10 brothers show up to him while he's like the second in command in Egypt, and then for him to give them grace and recognize that the Lord put him through all of that hardship because it saved the line of Christ. Uh, it, it's That's pretty powerful. It's powerful.
2: It is. So... How did you
3: yeah. cuz you're in your 30s. Yep.
2: Um how did you get involved in what you're doing now cuz you obviously show up at all the school school board meetings I
3: yeah.
2: I've actually even seen you at uh, at meetings where the mayor's there and other officials are there and and you go and and you speak your mind and you keep it clean. So how did you get involved in that?
3: Yeah. So the the biggest influence for me to get involved in the political world is Audra Morgan. And she actually has a radio show here as well. It's called The Storm with Audra Morgan. And she was at an event uh, in July of 2021. And I think it was in July, 2021. Yeah, it feels right. And she invited me to go to the county board of supervisors where she had already been speaking for so long. She has been really churning away trying to get the county to relinquish the local state of emergency, which they have had. Now it's been a 1000 days with being under the local state of emergency. And so then she's trying to inform the public of what's going on and how they need to end it. And so she encouraged me to go, I end up going. And she gave me some talking points and I was really nervous. I didn't want to speak at the county. I'd never done anything really like political besides going to marches or going to the rallies. I was at the very first rally in March of 2020. So I've been very engaged in all this COVID stuff or the the lockdown stuff, trying to prevent the government from overreaching their authority. But I'd never actually gotten in front of an official and told them our grievances. So this was the first time, July 20. Twenty one, where I decided, all right, I'm going to speak. I'm going to open my mouth, and I, I stood up to the mic and I just I gave them two minutes, and that video went all over the place.
2: I seen it; it was pretty powerful. So, uh, here's another question: Most Christians aren't involved in, in politics. They right. think that there's we should stay out, and that Christians should go in a little corner or stay in their churches. Right? Why do you think it's important, and biblically? why should we be involved in everyday politics that are happening and i it would be great to hear from you yeah. to inform those that think you're bad or we're bad because we talk about the way politics should be they should be for the people, not against the people, so yeah, give me a little view on that
3: well there 's a lot of nuance that goes into it, trying to figure out what the exact problem is but i would I would nail it down to this this idea that many christians are we 're ignorant of the system of government which we operate in, and we have to go back to history and we have to ask the question of how was this country established, and then what are the role of the people who run the country. And if we look at that and do that, then we find out that it was Christian men, primarily Christian men. There were all di- different denominations of Christianity. If you go back to the original colonies, the 13 colonies, there were, like, I think, all 13 states had different denominations, which they stood for, which is wonderful. And if you look at the um, the Articles of Confederation, this belief was that they wanted state sovereignty. There were, they had a huge fear of the federal government telling them what to do. So they created the Articles of Confederation, which would give them all the liberty to govern themselves, but supreme liberty was always in the people. So they created the, the, the Constitution in 1789 with this idea that men have the authority to govern themselves, that we as men and women in the United States are sovereign. But what does that mean? That's the supreme authority. So if we, the people, are the supreme authority, then we have a responsibility to protect the framework of the country. But unfortunately, public education began. In the 40s, 50s, and with with such a big push to public education, the government has been able to tell people, well, really you don't have to get engaged in government because there's good people that'll that'll lord over you. There's good people that'll do the best for you. You don't have to get involved and we have bought the lie as Christians and sure like there's some Christian schools that that are, that are, like sprouted up naturally. I think Harvard was a Christian school, Yale was a Christian school. So there have been Christian schools but they haven't been fighting against the lie. They've been more or less just trying to avoid the lie, not calling out the lie, which is what the church needs to get involved and do now, is the lie is surrounding us, and unless we actively engage in combating the lie, vocally, we got to express it. We have to be okay with cancel culture and engage with it and say, I'm going to stand up for the truth, regardless of the consequences.
2: Amen. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Adam Rioja's Freedom with Adam Riojas. Let me repeat that again. Freedom with Adam Riojas. And today we have an amazing man of God who has this uh, crazy, radical, beautiful uh, system that he started now and it's catching on and it's uh, it's called Freedom Revival and his name is Sean. And I'm going to continue asking John and immediately after I, I... uh, with our guests, we're going to go into the book of John. But Sean, are your children in public school?
3: No, 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 no. definitely well, not. Why? Well, I understand that the government is attempting to um, to keep the people at subdued and ignorant. And why would I put my children in an education system that is not attempting to empower my children? but to keep them as subjects. People have to realize the government doesn't want the people to be educated and empowered because then we would challenge the authority that they're seeking. Therefore, we the people must go back to this understanding that homeschooling is where... Thomas Jefferson comes from, George Washington comes from, uh, t- uh, Hamilton comes from, uh, I mean, the, the, some of the greatest minds, even, I mean, go before that, we're talking about Frederick uh, Frederick Douglass, like the man was a former slave that chose to get educated through homeschooling, and then he went into, I mean, more education services, I mean, even uh, Booker T. Washington, like this was a former slave that got educated, and these men comprehended the necessity of, of what a republic can produce, and now we have a public school system that wants to promote these ideas of socialism, which is always a bridge to communism, and we, the people, have to oppose it. If we continue to just, out of convenience put our kids in these indoctrination centers because it's more convenient. So mom and dad can work. Don't have to pay for a babysitter. All we're doing is sacrificing our children on the altar of progressive Marxism. And it's time that we do something uncomfortable, take back, educate our children so that we won't be fighting against our children when they become uh, like warriors for this woke ideology. That's coming.
2: Amen. Amen. You know, uh, my wife is a direct descendant of George Washington.
3: What? That's incredible. <laughs> so
2: it's pretty nice. And my little daughter recently ran for uh, president of the school yes. of the homeschooling, and uh, she won. And so That's amazing. it's pretty nice <laughs> to, to know that. And I, I know our girls go to the same yes. school yes. Uh, at uh, Freedom Generation Higher Education. That's right. And your daughter Aaliyah yes. is best friends with my daughter Talia. Yes. So I, I I love it. I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad you're clearing the minds of all those that think, hey, leave politics out of the church, but I'm with you. Yeah. I believe we need to hold on to our country. I believe we need to be engaged or we won't have a country right. to be able to worship freely. Yeah. So let me ask you uh, another question: Are you pro-life? Of course. Why?
3: Oh, why would I want to murder children?
2: Amen. Amen. Yeah.
3: Amen. I, you know, I'm I'm pro-responsibility. I see that, like, just like we were talking about Joseph, the man was sold into slavery, and when he's standing before his ten brothers, he doesn't say, "How dare you have done something difficult?" He says, "The Lord operated through the hardship. It's through hardship." Beautiful. I wasn't ready for my first kid when when my, my wife got pregnant. We said, well, this is the time for us to learn what, it, what it's like to carry the weight of responsibility. Responsibility is necessary. You ask anybody that starts working, and immediately they detest the work, but they value the outcome. And children, my God, what a blessing.
2: Amen. The Bible says they're a gift from God himself. Um, another question. How far do you plan on continuing uh, your freedom revival because i think it's amazing yeah um how far are you willing to go for we the people
3: it's a great question so what we are doing is we're attempting to educate the churches empower the churches pastors to get involved we we had a big event in january of 2020 where we had about twelve thousand fifteen thousand people uh, on the lawn at waterfront park uh kind of rallying for faith. We're going to do another event on October 29th. Same location. Repeat that again? We're going to do another event. October? October 29th. Where at? At Waterfront Park. And we encourage the church to show up on mass because we're realizing many of us have felt that we're, I mean, obviously, we're being attacked. You have this current administration saying that if you're a Republican or if you're a MAGA Republican, then, then you are a threat to democracy. If you question their ideas, you're a threat to democracy, which is obvious that they are attempting to remove the church from politics even further because Marx stated that the, that all religion is bad and all private property is mm-hmm. bad. And so if if you're paying attention, if you've read Marx and his ideas, then you know this is just a step in that direction. They've had the county board of supervisors say that Christians aren't allowed to serve on specific boards because they—and they read some Old Testament that said, well, you know, Christians are are bigots. And so, what we're doing as as the Freedom Revival is we're attempting to educate and empower, and we're we're going to push as much as we can.
2: Beautiful. That's 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 wonderful. Amen. So he, here's another question: Are you afraid of the government?
3: Whew, I am? Yeah, terrified. Tell me, I, yeah, tell me why. Yeah, because I I see how well the government can collude with media and they can make any innocent man into a villain and that is terrifying you can be you can be saint you can be John you could be Paul you could you're standing up for truth you you have a blemished uh, like a, a perfect record and somehow they can find a way to make you into a criminal and they anybody anybody can be a criminal with the government and that's terrifying but
2: you're not afraid enough to stop what you're doing
3: no I'm more afraid of of not doing it because, because if I don't, then what's going to happen? Like, I know for certain if I don't what comes, but there's uncertainty of what if I do. Therefore, I push forward. I, I do, I produce life because I pray that the life will produce more life. But I know if I don't produce life, then there will be none.
2: Wow, that is powerful, Sean. If not you, then who? Come on. If not now, then when? Right. and And you are a man after God's own heart. And my prayer is that people would come to be part of this freedom revival and that they would tune in to your show on 96.1 on FM and 1170 AM and be educated because most Christians are afraid to be involved. Of course. And if we don't speak now, we will lose our country I want you to hang out for a little while so you can close us out in prayer when we close out the show. Uh, But thank you so much for being here with us.
3: Of course, what a joy.
2: Encourage us with the last words.
3: It's through dark times that, that men and women are given an opportunity to be the light. Jesus showed up at a time when Rome was at its superpower. And it was at that time that he chose men who were very little educated, just fishermen, people that knew a trade, And he chose these men who were insignificant to do something incredible to change the world. And I believe that now is such a time that there were men in 1776 that there were insignificant men. There were farmers, pastors, there were merchants. And those men changed the course of human events where they created a republic that would produce individual responsibility. If we were willing to rise to the challenge to govern ourselves, protect ourselves, and speak truth, that we would have the the most freedom on the planet— and I believe such a time as this, that if we are willing to speak and defend the Constitutional Republic, that, that uh, we will go down in history as being incredibly bold and courageous. And if we don't, then history will always wonder why we didn't save the greatest thing on the planet.
2: Thank you, Sean. Uh, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, how do they do that?
3: Yeah, so you can find us on our website. It's uh, freedomrevival.org. And then if you would like to reach out to me, I'm on Instagram at Sean Fredrickson.
2: Thank you so much for being here with us, and I want you to close us out in prayer and after we start our Bible study.
3: Thank sure. you, Sean. You've been an incredible
2: blessing, brother. Hey, welcome. If you just tuned in with us, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas, and I am excited that you are here with us. We just finished this incredible interview with Sean Frederickson of Freedom Revival, and and now we're going to dig into his word and 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 be able to see how John expressed uh, his thoughts and the words that God gave him that were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And last week we finished with chapter 5, and today we pick it up in John chapter 6. And and look, if you just tuned in and you're having problems, something is going on inside of you, know that Jesus can help you. If you're sick, he can heal you. If you're thinking of taking your life, please listen to this message. If, if you've lost hope, then this is the perfect opportunity to see God in an incredible way. And this is what John chapter 6, verse 1 starts off like this. After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is by the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did, on them that were diseased. Now, John only uses seven miracles that he points out that are creative ministries to point out who Jesus was. Jesus was and is God, and that's what John is telling us in this book. And as we continue, we see that people were following him because of all the miracles that he had been doing and performing on all these people that followed him. Jesus went up into the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. He left the crowd for a moment, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh or was near. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come onto him, he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? When and how? We don't have the money. And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. So Jesus literally is asking him this question because he knew how Philip would respond. Philip answered him, 200 penny with the bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother said unto him, there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? It's nothing. It's not enough to feed this crowd. There's at least 5,000, and that's just, men. there's probably about 10,000 here with the people here with their wives and their children. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and, and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes in as much as they would. He fed all of them with the two two fish and the loaves. Now, I like how Matthew, or I'm sorry, Mark in the book of Mark explains this in 631, because he gives us a little further explanation um, so that we would be able to see this picture But I wanted us to go to Mark, and if you don't have a Bible, you can just follow along. In Mark 6 and beginning, the story starts in 32 to 44, but we're going to pick it up in verse 39, and he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass, and they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties, and when he had taken The five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples and set them before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all, and they did all eat and were filled. The reason I went to read Mark is because we see that the grass was green. This was probably in the springtime because the grass is green and it's beautiful how he breaks them up and in hundreds and in fifties, it must have looked like these beautiful flower pods because of the Jewish custom and how they dressed with their different colors that they had. And I can look back and see that this was always something they did because if you go back to to when Moses was put into the little ark, the little basket, and then he was picked up. They recognize his clothing. And so it must have been this beautiful scene where they're broken up in hundreds and fifties. And then you see this miracle. Now, this is now the fourth miracle that John describes. It's, it's a miracle that, that, that only a creator could make happen. What he is doing is creating in front of all of these folks, and the most basic and modern laws of physics physics takes the matter or mass can neither be created nor destroyed. This is a miraculous miracle. If you think that Jesus can't meet your physical needs, we have it wrong. We've missed the picture. God can provide for you. God can feed you. God can meet you in your need right now. He wants to bless you. He loves you. If you're sick, he wants to heal you. These folks weren't that much special than you are today. He loves you. He loves you and wants to meet you right where you're at.
1: board
3: Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the Classical Conversation Community, offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for Fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com.
2: Welcome back. If you just tuned in, you're here with Freedom with Adam Real House as we're going through the book of John. And we just saw Jesus meet the need of 5,000 plus, uh, probably around 10,000 folks altogether with the women and the children that were included. And he simply used two fishes and bread and fed the whole multitude. Bread just started coming out of thin air and so did the fish. This was only something that God could do. God walking in the flesh, God manifesting in the flesh. And the beginning was a word and the word was with God and the word was God. And as we continue in John chapter 6, verse 12, we see that they gathered up the fragments that remain and nothing was lost. Therefore they gathered them together, filled the tall baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, this is what they said. This is of truth, the prophet that should come into the world. The majority of these folks now are convinced that this is Jesus, that this is the Messiah, the prophet that is to come into the world. 15 says this, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Can you imagine what just took place? Jesus just fed this multitude, at least 10,000 folks that were there. And now, after being marvelled and blown away by what Jesus did, they are going to take him by force and make him their king. They don't even care what he thinks. They don't. They are not concerned with his mission. All they want is a king. But he knew because he knows the heart of man, and he departed and went into a mountain himself alone. Verse sixteen of John says this, And when evening was now come, his disciples went down onto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind and blew. So when they had rowed about 5 and 20 or 30 furlongs, now a furlong was 200 yards they see Jesus, or they were in the middle, in the midst of probably this place now, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh or near onto the ship, and they were afraid. It spooked them. Fear gripped them, but he said unto them, it is me, be not afraid. Now, Matthew, and Matthew uh, fourteen twenty-two. He literally goes over the same story and gives us a little more insight of what had taken place. So, if you're following along with the Bible, turn with me to Matthew fourteen twenty-two to thirty-three. But if you're not, I'm going to read it for you, anyways. As we go to Matthew fourteen twenty-two, Matthew fourteen. 22 starts off like this and straight with Jesus constrained the disciples to get into the ship and go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitudes away and when he had sent the multitudes away he went up into a mountain apart to pray. He needed to pray after feeding all this multitude of Folks, he needed to pray. He needed some time alone. And it's important for you when you're so much into everything else but God alone. If ministry has overtaken you, then then you need to go back and spend some time alone in prayer. And when the evening was now come, he was there alone. Giving us a perfect example. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went on to them, walking on the sea. Just like we read in John. But Matthew here begins to expound a little further. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. They cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus came on to them, saying, Be of good cheer. Listen. If you're going through a storm now, Jesus is saying, be of good cheer. Jesus can calm the storm. Jesus can speak to nature itself and calm the storm. There is no storm that Jesus cannot calm. If you are in the most ferocious, fierce storm, call on Jesus and Jesus can calm it. He says to them, it is I, be not afraid. You know what's so beautiful about this verse? That Paul repeats it in Timothy when he wrote to Timothy, led by the Holy Spirit, and says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me to come unto thee on the water. He's asking to walk on the water, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. See, he kept his eyes on Jesus. The storm was no longer the focal point of the fear that had gripped him and the rest of the disciples. He now had his eyes fixed on Jesus, and he begins to walk on water. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink and cried, saying, Lord, save me. If you find yourself right now, if you are a Christian and you're listening to this program, Freedom with Adam Riojas, and you've walked away from the Lord, you've taken your eyes off of Jesus, he is saying right now and wants to do what he did with Peter like in verse 31 and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him and said unto him O thou of little faith wherefore didst thou doubt? How, why did you doubt? If you're doubting now ask Jesus to help your faith if You've lost your faith. Ask God to renew that right now. He loves you. He has plans to prosper you and not to hurt you. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind seized. When we go back to the book of John, it says this And he said, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship. And immediately the ship was at the land where they went. Something miraculous happened here. The ship ended up on the other side immediately. Immediately. I want to tell you right now that Jesus can get you to the other side. Are you hurting? Jesus can get you to the other side. Are you suicidal? Are you tired of life? Jesus can get you to the other side where you want to live, where you see the need that God has put in your heart for those around you, for those that are crying themselves. Listen, God wants to bless you. Jesus can get you to the other side, just like he did that ship when they Jesus walked with them and came onto the boat. Verse 22 says this, the day following when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there except the one wherein to dis- his disciples were entered and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat but that his disciples were gone away this is what they decided to do. How be it? there was there was came no other boats from Tiberias near unto the place where they did eat bread after that the lord had given thanks When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. They wanted to be around him. They knew that he could fulfill their deepest need. They saw the miracles. They knew that he had just fed the multitude bread and fish out of thin air. That is a miracle that only God could perform. 25, 625 of John says this, And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when comest hither? Where did you come from, Rabbi, teacher, master? Jesus answered them and said, Barely, barely, I say unto you, you seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were, and were filled. He knows their heart. He knows they were following him just because their bellies had been full and filled to capacity. 27 says this, and this is for all of us. Whether you know the Lord or don't, this next verse is for all of us. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. For the spiritual food that endures for everlasting life. That's his word. That's the Bible. A lot of people have said, hey, that Bible's changed. It's been messed with. It doesn't say what it's supposed to say. Men got their hands in it. Listen, in 1948, they discovered what is we know now as the Dead Sea Scrolls. They found the Old Testament. They found the whole Old Testament, the whole, the cleanest book was the book of Isaiah. And that's by no coincidence. Isaiah talks more about Jesus than any of the prophets in the Old Testament. You know what was changed? It now had chapters and it now had verses. Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 3. Yes, it changed, but it changed for you and I so that we could find locations in the Bible. That's all we did. That's all man has ever done. Then they said unto him, verse 28, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Tell us. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Believe on Jesus. That's what we need to do. That is hard sometimes. It's difficult. That's why he said, this is the work you must do, is is seek me out, is look for me, is follow me. Verse 30 says, then they, they said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe what? What doest thou work? What work are you going to show us? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. This is what Jesus does. He corrects their ideology. He corrects their doctrine, their teaching, and how they viewed scripture. Jesus said unto them, Barely, barely, truly, truly, I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven. Listen, it's not the bread from heaven that he gave you. But my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Your true nourishment. Something that will lead you to everlasting life. The reality is, we're all going to die. We need to prepare For the other side. And no choice is hell. A choice for Jesus is to be in the presence of God, to where there will be no more crying, no more sickness. You won't have to worry about the next dollar. You you won't have to worry about how you're gonna make yourself feel better with drugs or alcohol or fill it with everything else that the world has to offer with sex with with lies with immorality 34 says this then they said unto him lord ever give us this bread and jesus said unto them i am the bread of life did you hear that listener did you hear that christian He is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. I am. This is one of the seven great I am's that Jesus says in the the book of John that John recorded. Remember who said I am in the Old Testament if you've ever read the Old Testament? God when he was speaking to Moses through the burning bush. Now, it wasn't the burning bush that was speaking to Moses. The Bible says that that the angel of the Lord was there. It was an angel. Angel simply means messenger. And you know who that messenger was? That was Jesus. Because he says, who should I said, sent me? Because they're going to ask me. Moses is asking. I am that I am. I am is sending you. Now, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. You know, it's powerful in, in, in the same book of John, we see that in uh, verse 35. Again, he's the bread of life. In John 8, 8, 12, he is, I am the light of the world. In John 10, 9, I am the door. In John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. And John eleven twenty five. 25, I am the resurrection. And John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And John 15, 1, I am the true vine. But the greatest I am is when he said before Abraham was, I am. I am. He's self-existing. He is God Almighty, and he wants a relationship with you today. He wants to sustain you. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. This is what Jesus can do for you today. He can supply all of your needs. Jesus Loves you. If you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the Book of John, and we just read that Jesus is the bread of life, and we've seen all the other places in John where He, Jesus, says, "I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, and the life." I am the true vine, and before Abraham was, I am. That's who he is. That's who Jesus is. He's God. He's God. If you think you have a relationship with God, and you don't believe that Jesus is God, you're missing the whole Bible. We need to believe who Jesus is. In the beginning, God, that word God is Elohim. It's a plural name for God. It's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all present at creation. In the beginning, they created time. In the beginning, he created the heavens. He created space. In the beginning, he created the earth. He created matter. All three things that it takes to make our universe were created instantly. What a beautiful God we have. A triune God created a triune universe. But it goes further. In verse 36, John six thirty-six. But I said unto you, that you also have seen me and believe not. He says, You don't believe me. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no way cast out. See, there is a general calling for every single human being. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, that you and I are without excuse. God reveals himself to every single human being through his creation or through someone letting you know about Jesus. No excuses. But God, no one ever told me. No one ever told me that you were the bread of life, that you were the door, that you were the good shepherd, that you were the resurrection, that you were the way that you were the truth and alive and that you are the true vine no one ever told me and he'll scroll down your book of life and show you every moment where you knew that there is a god for i came down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him that sent me this is jesus and this is the Father's will which had sent me, that of all that he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but shall raise it up again in the last day. You can be secure in Jesus. He loves you. Yeah, you can walk away, but you can't lose your salvation. You can't walk into Walmart and leave it there. He loves you. But you have a will. Hold on to Jesus. As he holds on to you, because he will lose nothing that is his. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up the last day. I want to read that verse again because it is so powerful that, that if you just tuned in with freedom, with Adam Riojas, it says this in John chapter 6, verse 40. And this is the will of him, of God, that sent me, Jesus, that everyone which seeth the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I, Jesus, will raise him up the last day. Folks, we are getting close. We are getting close. We need Jesus. You see how the world is dramatically changing now. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. He wants to give you everlasting life. He loves you. He loves you. And now we want to close this show, not with a goodbye, but hoping you tune in with us next Sunday again from 5 to 6 with sean from freedom revival who is this amazing man of god who is going to close us up in prayer
3: yeah lord thank you so much for that word of encouragement that it's through christ that liberty it's through the great i am that liberty was birthed it's through understanding that all good things come from the father And that hardship can be used to to edify, encourage, and produce life. And I pray right now that those who hear this message, that they'll be encouraged. That they will take another step forward toward your grace and your mercy. And that they will do something with it in Jesus' name. That their hands will be productive. That they will empower their community, their family in Jesus' name. That they will speak the gospel to those in the area that need to hear it and that they will boldly and righteously live at this time when the good news is needed, when there is a desperation around us, and that we, the church, will fill that need through Christ from the great I Am, in Jesus' name.
2: We love you. Thank you for tuning in with us. And we'll see you next Sunday. May God richly bless you, and may His continence fill your whole life. And if you don't know him, today is the day of salvation. He loves you in
1: Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show... Go to your favorite podcast provider and search freedom with Adam Riojas.